0: this mic can you guys hear me so I stood up and the entire mic pack just fell off of me that's just the devil is what I say I believe God has a word he has a good word this hand mic took me back in the day when we used to preach with these so I'm gonna try to maneuver this mic and my notes but we are gonna do this somebody say God is in the building God is in the building yes I got pieces of mic on me. <laughs> back back, devil, give me my space. We're talking about fences, right? <laughs> what a pretty cool way to start out the message. Uh I I am so, so excited to be here, to be back in the house at Midtown. It's so wonderful to be back here. You know, since I was last here, Pastors Mo and Kendra gave birth to their beautiful baby, Maximus. <laughs> Y'all see how I said that? Maximus. Because you can't just say Maximus Caden Moment as Maximus. You have to say Maximus Caden Moment. So congratulations to you guys again and congratulations to Midtown on your newest, probably cutest member, Maximus Caden Moment. You guys thought I was gonna talk about your building. No, I've I've seen Maximus. He's cuter than your building. He is. So this is the last message of the current series we are in called Fences. We first learned about the boundaries in time. It was the fence of rest and sabbath. How many of you feel rested? If you do not feel rested, I need you to go back and listen to that message because it is something very vital that we need to take into our life to be well rested so that we can carry out God's will in our life. Now, don't be too rested right now. I need you up and alert no Sabbath in this, in this series or in this message right now. Everybody up and alert. The next message we had, which Pastor Darius brought it last weekend, and he talked about the boundaries of holiness. It's the fences that separate, uh, set us apart with God, and set us ablaze for God. How many of you feel like you are on fire for God right now? Like I heard you, I heard you in worship you are definitely on fire you almost took me back to my old school days I I used to listen to quartet music how many of you used to somebody's like I have no idea what quartet music is it's the old school music that none of you probably listen to it's one of my favorites but in worship you guys sounded like the audience to a quartet concert it was yes and amen I want you to keep that same fire As we talk about the fence between people today, you're going to need that fire. Because something happens when we talk about rest, that's us internally, right? When we talk about holiness, that's us internally. But when we're talking about fences of space between me and you, that gets a little personal. So how many of you need space in your life? Point to yourself and say, I need space between me and you. See, I see some of y'all are pointing at people directly. Now, I did a wide you. Some of y'all were like, listen, listen, before you have context, don't do that. But after this message, someone say after this, we may need to have a conversation because there may need to be space between me and between you. Now, if for some reason you have a problem with the fact that someone, possibly someone in this room, may need to erect a fence of space between you and them, if you have a problem with that, like if something churned in your gut when you thought about that, or when you think of people's boundaries and you feel like they don't apply to you at all, that is all the more reason why we need fences in our life especially when you are around someone say fences now let me give it a disclaimer this is not for spouses towards each other this is not the fence of space that i'm talking about now if uh, we ain't got no offensive space okay (laughs) if you are married walking under the covenant of god It's really hard to take two things that have become one and put space in between them. So if you have space between you and your spouse, I need you to think about the covenant that God has for you and remove that space and allow God into it so he won't have to sleep on the couch anymore. Let me help you out. I need you back in the bedroom tonight. And whatever you need to do to talk it through, to work it out, this is what we're going to talk about today. Not necessarily marriages, but in our life, how we have to have the Holy Spirit to help us govern these fences of space that we need to have between us and between people. Now I'm talking about fences, not walls. That's good. Y'all taking me back. This is the amen corner in here. Fences, not walls, because walls isolate you from people. Fences govern how you dwell with people. So if in your life no one has any level of access to you, you can't see into anyone. You can't see their gifts, their callings, their problems. They can't see yours If nobody can speak into the things of your life, if they can't speak into the purpose that you feel that God has for you, but nobody can speak into it, that's a wall. That's not a fence. If nobody has any level of access to your time, your space, your energy, your money, or your heart, for all of my single people in the room, if no one has any level of access to your heart, that is a wall that's not a fence. If we are waiting for God to send us someone, or we are waiting for God to show us who this person is, we have to be able to have fences in our life to govern who comes in, how long they stay, and who goes out. And that's why we need fences in our lives. Fences, they have gates and it's the holy spirit that helps us govern who goes in and who comes out. So in this message we're going to talk about three areas of our life that we need to holy the holy spirit to help us govern. He needs to help us govern our relationships with people. He needs to help us govern the request from people. And he needs to help us govern our responses two people now I want to talk to you about a couple of things before I get into a story where you will literally see those three things played out but before I go into that I want to talk to you about the space that even Jesus had himself now if Jesus had to have fences of space in his life between people do not underestimate the need for us to have that in our own life there were two groups of people that Jesus dealt with in his life it was the crowd and it was his crew you see how my posture changed when I said it was his crew the crowd of people are the masses of people they may not necessarily be close to you but they are people they have wants they have needs they have desires they have requests But then there are the crowd of people. For Jesus, it was his disciples. Those are the ones that are closest to him. Think about your crew, right? But even in the life of Jesus, he had to be governed by God about how to dwell with the crowd and how to dwell with the crew because sometimes the Lord required him, God required him to pull away have space between him and the crowd so that he can spend time with his crew, so that he can minister to his crew. But then there are other times where the Lord wanted him, God wanted him to have space between him and his crew, the people that he was closest with, so that God could spend time with him, so that God could pour into him. And we need the spirit of God to help us with that. But it didn't just stop there. In the last days of Jesus' reign, he created a fence of space between us and him. Just the idea of that can hurt. Can you imagine walking the earth with Jesus? You've seen the miracles. You've witnessed him heal people. And then he says to you I have to leave and go how do you feel how would you feel I want to read a scripture that describes the space that Jesus put between himself and us but he did it for a reason John chapter 16 verse 5 it says but now I am going back to the father who sent me and none of you asked me where I am going You are very sad from hearing all of this. But I tell you, I am going to do what is best for you. This is why I'm going away. The Holy Spirit cannot come help you until I leave. But after I am gone, I will send the Holy Spirit to you. Do you see the revolving door of relationships that even Jesus had in his life and how he deemed for our life? He wanted to create space between us and him so that he could make space for the Holy Spirit to come into our lives. We need the Holy Spirit to help us govern the relationships with people. We need the Holy Spirit to help us govern the requests that we will receive from people. We need the Holy Spirit to help us in our responses to people. He says in verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are to come. We're talking about the Holy Spirit who is coming to lead you and to guide you into all truth. So spaces between you and others doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. Does it sound like a bad thing for the Holy Spirit to now come once Jesus put space between himself and us? That doesn't sound like a bad thing, does it? And it doesn't have to be a bad thing in your relationships with people. Just because you have to put space between yourself and someone else does not mean that that's a bad thing. It just means that we want God to have his good work in us, to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And sometimes in order for God to perform his good work, sometimes it means you may not be a part of that work. But that doesn't mean that God is not working in your life and he's not working in mine. Fences of space are necessary. Say spirit of truth guide me we have a choice to allow the Spirit to come into our heart to guide us by submitting our lives to Jesus and and the work that he did for us on the cross and what the Holy Spirit would do he will govern us from the inside out so these boundaries they are developed internally in our relationship with God but they are enforced externally in our interaction with people. So this is the space. Me and God, the Holy Spirit speaks to me. He speaks in me. He speaks through me. And then that governs my relationships with others. Spirit of truth, guide us. Even science has defined boundaries of space. And it says if, your brain if someone crosses over a space that they shouldn't be in your body will unconsciously just respond just think about if you've got somebody hovering over you and they don't really have that kind of relationship right so science talks about the intimate space that's the space about 18 inches from my body that's where I have people who are closest to me it's my spouse It's my family, my lover, who should be my spouse. Those are one. Those are one. Then there's a space right outside of that. That's our personal space. That's where our other friends and our acquaintances are. Then it goes to social space. And then public space. That's where everybody can resign and my body doesn't respond at all. But whenever anyone crosses into those spaces, our bodies will just respond. Just think about how you respond. You will start twitching, and you will start squinting, and you will stop moving. And according to where you're from, you may just shove them out the way. But this is what the Holy Spirit does For us if we are in tune with the Holy Spirit according to the spaces of your life the spaces of your purpose the spaces of your career the spaces of your family if we are in tune with the Holy Spirit he will help govern who should be in those spaces how long they should be in them and when it may be time for them to leave this is what the Holy Spirit Does for us say spirit of truth guide us if anyone ever crosses those boundaries it could be one of two reasons either they don't respect your boundary lines or you have not been clear to them or reiterate to them what your boundary lines are and if we don't do that our lines become blurred and if they do then we'll look up And we'll find someone in a space that we did not expect them to be in like how did you get here nobody's supposed to be here (laughs) y'all laughing cuz y'all know that song (laughs) shout out to Montel Jordan by way of Deborah Cox nobody's supposed to be here they were ministering to our hearts before he was ever thinking about Jesus She went on to say, uh, I placed my heart under lock and key, took some time and take care of me, but I turn around and you're standing here. How did you get here? No, 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 no. Oh. That's Bible. It is Bible also for you to take care of yourself. Putting people out of your space is also taking care of yourself. Some people may feel like it's selfish, but it's not. It's called self-control. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit is is to be able to control who goes in and who goes out when you need to focus on you and when you need to focus on others. The Bible even talks about the two greatest commandments, which is first, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, and mind. And the second is to love your neighbor, listen to this, as yourself. cannot love my neighbor as myself unless I love myself. That's not selfish. That's Bible. So we get our priorities wrong. We get love God love others, but we miss a very important component, love yourself. So here are the priorities for our life. Love God, love yourself. I'm going to pause there for a second because it's easy to just go by that because sometimes it's hard for us to do things for ourselves. It's hard for us to say no so that we can take care of us. I want to pause for a moment. Love yourself. So that you can love others. Say, Spirit of truth, guide me. There is a burden that comes with loving others, and it doesn't necessarily have to come from the requests of people, it can just come from our burden for people, and that burden pressures us to be there and do things for people and sometimes we feel like we need to be all to people and do all for people and it's not our intentions it's just our heart to love others and sometimes in doing that we find ourselves frustrated and tired and we don't know why our bodies are breaking down we go to the doctor time after time and they can't figure out what's wrong with you It's because it's probably attached to something in your space in your life that's affecting your body but we need the Spirit of God to guide us some of us I can feel that we feel the compassion for people and weariness from people all at the same time like we can do things in our life and feel fulfilled in helping others And then be full of tears all at the same time we feel the pressures of people in our life why because we want to help them we want people to see the goodness of God we want to carry out God's will for our life but sometimes it's a lot and we feel those things closing in on us crowding our space but God wants us to be free so that we can operate in our space in a place that gives us longevity for our purpose and longevity for our life. Somebody say, give me my space. Matter of fact, nudge your neighbor just a little bit so you can feel it. Say, give me my space. Do it. Give me my space. Some of you may need to say it in your own words. Look, back up off of me. Go now. I'm from the country. So, there are some scenarios that are just cut and dry, and when people are invading your space, and you can immediately enforce the boundary. So, I had this tele- telemarketer call me the other day. I'm, I'm not against telemarketers, everybody got to work, right? So, she calls me the other day, and I was in a good space. I was thinking about y'all, preparing this message, and I answered the phone. She went through her spill and I said, ma'am, thank you so much, but now is not a good time. So she just reworded what she said as if I was going to change. Isn't it funny how we talk about the boundaries in our life and we reiterate them with people in our life as to why we can't do it, why we can't go there, and for some reason they'll just come back a different way. No, what I said was, I can't do that. So I was saying to her, no, thank you. No, thank you. Now is not a good time. Now is not a good time. And after about the fourth time of saying that, I said, you know what? I'm not doing this. I'm not. I'm not doing this. So I politely said, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. All the way until I hit the button. And she was still talking. Now that seemed like a very small example But those two minutes of my time, when I look at my life and how much life I don't have left, because don't get it twisted, Jesus is coming, and he is coming soon. I do not have time for people to take up space in my life and for my mind to be in places in my life where it does not need to be because my time is vital, and so should yours somebody say give me my space space. so some some scenarios are cut and dry there's a story in uh, the book of Exodus where it talks about Moses and the nation of Israel this story should have been a cut and dry boundary for Moses so what happened was God freed the children of Israel they had uh, they were free and life was great life was great until it wasn't they began to argue And they could not resolve their own problems so Moses had a brilliant idea he decided to sit in a seat him alone sit in a seat from morning until evening and he would be the judge for the entire nation of Israel somebody say spirit of truth help Moses some things in our life are a good place for us to use math word problems how many of you love math? Somebody said no. You'll love this one. Math word problems. Like, I, I remember this uh, video that was circling the internet of this little boy who solved this math problem that his teacher had given him. And he gave the most life-changing answer I had ever heard. Here is the word problem. Here is the word problem that he had. <laughs> Jada had one dollar bill. <laughs> If Jaden had $1 bill, one quarter, and two pennies, how, how much money does Jaden have? His answer, Jaden broke. <laughs> that changed my life. We can use that in the story of Moses. If we have one Moses and the nation of Israel, are at least six hundred thousand people because at least six hundred thousand men, plus women and children. So let's just lowball it and say a million people. That's a lowball. If one Moses, and a million people, need counseling, about how how long do you think it'll take for Moses to counsel all those people? Moses dead. If you have one spouse who works 12 hours, he spends eight hours on the internet, and he sleeps for six hours. I might already be over 24. He has to eat. He's got four kids, a wife, and his mother-in-law lives with him. They don't spend any time together. About how long do you think it'll take before this family falls apart? word problems for our life if you are one family member of 30 and you are the anchor of the family and you take pride in that if all 30 family members reach out to you for everything about how long do you think it'll take before you start resenting people see some things are cut and dry where boundaries should be in our life. And then there are other scenarios that are not as cut and dry. And for those scenarios, we really do need the Spirit to guide us. But sometimes when we are not allowed, when we are not able to see for ourselves, the Lord will send people in our life to help reiterate the boundaries that we've blurred on our our own. So, I want to read the story of Moses and how Moses' father in law stepped into his life to help him understand where the boundary lines are. And when I read the story, I want you to hear God speaking to your own life. Hear what God is saying to you. Exodus 18, beginning at verse 14, it says So, when Moses' father in law saw all that he did for the people, he said, What is this thing that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone? And all the people stand before you from morning until evening. And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have difficulty, they come to me. And I judge them between one and another. And I make known the statutes of God and his laws. And then listen to this. Moses' his father-in-law said to him, the thing that you do is not good. Now, if you ask me, when I think about what Moses was actually doing for the people, it sounded like God. He's ministering to the hearts of people. He was helping people work out their problems. But what is it about this that was not good? Let's keep reading. It says, both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself. Listen now to my voice. I will give you counsel and God will be with you. It's not that what we're doing is not good. And it's not that what we're doing is not God. Matter of fact, it is so much God... That we cannot do it alone if what God has given you is enough for you to do it alone it's not big enough and we serve a big God we serve a great God who puts greatness come on emancipating greatness who puts greatness inside of us and if we are to bring that greatness out you will not be able to do it alone So it's not about what you're doing, it's how we execute those things. Say, spirit of truth, guide me. That was a cut and dry scenario of how we should set boundaries in our life. But sometimes it's not as clear. It's not as clear, especially when you are dealing with people who are close to you and who are in relationship with you. Because sometimes it's almost like a, a math word problem where you can work it all out to solve it and you come up with one answer and then you can work it out a completely different way and come up with another answer and both different answers sound like they're they're right. And in our life, the things that we are facing, you can go this way or you can go that way and they both seem like God what do we do in that scenario what do we do when we feel God saying do something but we know it might hurt some people if we do it but we know that God is calling us to the only way we can be able to do these things is if we allow the spirit of truth to guide us say spirit of truth Guide me. So the story of Lazarus, a lot of times we focus on the part of the story where Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, which is an amazing part of the story. But that's not the part of the story that I want us to focus on. I want us to focus on Jesus' relationships with the people in the story and how close he was to them and how they had a request from him and how he responded to them. Look at this in verse 3, John 11, verse 3. Let's talk about the relationships of these people with him. It says, so the sisters sent word to Jesus, the Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, Jesus loved Martha and he loved his sister and Lazarus. See, it's it's very intriguing that this story names them out separately. He didn't just say, you know, he loved the Johnson family, because if you say that, it could be some people in the family that you're not too fond of. But he named them specifically. He loved Lazarus, he loved Mary, and he loved Martha. His relationship with them, it ran deep. We're talking about Martha. This is Uh, mary and martha martha was the one who cooked and cleaned for jesus when he came to his home to her home like she took out the good meat and cooked for him like this there was no let's go to the restaurant it's come to my house and let me feed you that was the martha that we're talking about we're talking about mary the one who sat at his feet and listened to his teachings We're talking about Lazarus, who's not just called the one uh, that Jesus loves, but but Lazarus' name actually uh, means Eleazar, which means God is my help. Now, how are you going to say no to a friend whose name literally means God is my help? Because if you say no to a person like that, it feels like you're saying no to God. Spirit of truth guide us because sometimes our relationships are so close that it makes it hard for us to determine when we need to open up the gate to this fence and when we need to close it. Our relationships with people. The second thing is our request from people. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us in our request from people. Look at the request that these sisters, the one that he loves, had for Jesus. John 11 and 3 says this. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed and was there two more days. And then he said to his disciples, "Disciples, let us go back to Judea. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So this is the request. They sent word to Jesus, and he didn't come. But this is what I find interesting about that story. They just sent a message to Jesus. He heard that Lazarus was sick. Not once did they say to him, come, Lazarus is sick. I want you to pray on the Father on on our behalf because Lazarus is sick. No, they just sent a message to inform him that Lazarus was sick. But sometimes in our relationships with people, especially those people who we are in close relationships with, they will give you just enough information In hopes that you will fill in the blanks for what's missing and sometimes we miss their cues it was an unsaid expectation that they had for Jesus and sometimes that happens in our own life say spirit of truth guide us guide us in the last thing in our responses to people Let's look at how Jesus responded to the request of the relationship of the ones that he had relationship with. He said in verse 6, he says, So when he heard that he was sick, Jesus stayed two more days in the place where he was. The only way you can make a move like that is to be moved by God. He had the request of from people that he loved, that the one he loved was sick, and instead of him rushing to their aid, he stayed where he was for two more days. My question to you is how many times in our life are we faced with requests from people that we love and we move immediately? We move immediately because it makes sense to do so. But then sometimes we move too fast because we want to prevent what happens in the delay. Just think about your own life when you've had a request from God. And there's a time between the request and when the manifestation does or does not happen. Think about how you feel in that time. There's a tension in whether or not God will perform what he said he will perform. There's a tension to believe whether God will do what he said he will do. And sometimes our trust in God is tried. But sometimes we move in situations too quickly because we try to prevent people from experiencing what happens in the delay. Sometimes we try to move too quickly so that the trying of people's faith is not something that they have to deal with because of how hard that is. But we forget that the trying of your faith, according to the Word of God, it works patience. And we are depriving people of developing patience in their life, because we have moved too quickly on something that God says, wait on. And then we move so quickly that we don't want people to experience the wait. But according to my Bible, it says, let patience have its perfect work in you, that you lack nothing, that you are whole. And when we move too quickly, we prevent God from having a perfect work. You can't get better than perfect. We move too fast. What if God responded to Jesus on the cross the way we respond to people? Sometimes our timing is off. What if God, when Jesus was on the cross crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What if he moved? What if God moved and got Jesus from off of that cross? Where will we be? See, when we move too fast, It doesn't just affect you it doesn't just affect the other person but there are lives that are attached to your space there are lives that are attached to your purpose that could be affected that we don't even know about how many crosses have we pulled people off of because according to the Word of God we each need to take up our cross daily Some of us feel like people have gone through this long enough. So then we scoop in and we rescue them. And we find ourselves carrying crosses that Jesus did not intend for us to carry. And the weight of those crosses are affecting our lives. If you want to know if the cross that you're carrying is too heavy, then ask yourself, What does the burden look like? Because Jesus says, my my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if, if the cross that you're carrying for other people is heavy, it could be a cross that God has not called you to carry. We're taking up crosses for people when God wants us to look at our boundaries and understand where your responsibility ends and where another person's responsibility begins. And we need the Spirit of God to guide us when that is because sometimes it's hard and sometimes we don't see it. There are some things that God wants to bring people into our lives to help us carry, but there are some things That we should just carry to God in prayer we have to understand what those things are and listen I know that the boundaries that we have in our life when we reevaluate we reevaluate and we reassess them there's a burden that comes with those boundaries because sometimes the people that's affected by those boundaries we feel like they may not understand the bigger picture. The reason why Jesus could wait two more days when the one that he loved was not just sick, he died. The reason why Jesus could wait two more days is because there was a bigger picture. He said this in one of the verses. He says, I'm glad that I was not there when he died. That's hard. He's saying, I'm glad that there was a space between me and you. So that you may believe. There are some spaces in our life that even though they don't feel good, we should be glad in them. Because there is a spirit of truth who knows all truth. See, we only see things in part, but the spirit of truth knows it all. He knows the reason why you need to have space between yourself and that other person. He knows the reason why you need to put space between you and that career. He knows the reason why you need to put space between yourself and that relationship so that God can be glorified. I want us to close our eyes and I want us to think about the boundaries that God has placed in our life. The things that he has you walk in right now. Could be your purpose, your career, your relationships with your family, with your friends. Think about the things that you are involved in right now. Think about the burden. That comes with the people that are in your circle. And I want us to hold our hands out in front of us and according to this scripture, I want us to allow the Spirit of truth to guide us. If you're in this room and you never even allowed the Spirit of truth to come into your life, If you have not accepted what Jesus did on the cross for you so that you can experience the spirit of truth that he's left to work within you if you have not yet accepted him into your life if you have not yet said Lord I make you my Savior I make you my Savior in my actions and in my words in my deeds if you have not done that now is the time now is the time to pull God into your space I want to pray over those people who have accepted Christ into their space Lord I thank you I thank you Lord God for loving us enough to put distance between us and you so that you can bring us the Holy Spirit that you loved us enough That you want it to live within us and I thank you Lord that we receive what you've done for us now I want you to think about the things that's in your life the relationships in your life that you may be carrying that are too heavy for you if what you are carrying are crushing the things in your life It is not something that God has intended for you to carry or carry alone think about the things that you have been involved with the people that you have been involved with that the Lord is speaking to you and saying I need you to put space between you and them some of us it can be our children we've raised them up in the admonition of the Lord but they're still adults they're adults and we're still trying to raise them God may be saying to you that's a cross that you should not be carrying now I want you to lift your hands above your head with your hands outward as a sign to surrender every single thing in your life every single thing that's in your space that God does not want in your space It's not that it's bad, it's just not the time, it's not the season, it's not the purpose for this part of your life. And those things that God is speaking to you about, I want you to give them to God. Give them to Him. Lord, we give you our children. We give you our family. We give you that lost Loved one that we have been trying to bring into your kingdom year after year after year after year, we give them to you, Lord. And we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for the freedom of our boundaries. It helps us understand who we are not and who you are. We thank you, Lord God, that we don't have to be you in our lives. That you've given us a boundary where we can freely give things to you that you have not called us to carry. And we thank you for that freedom. And we bless you, Lord God, for the Holy Spirit who will continue to guide us in our relationships, in these requests, and in our responses. To people in Jesus name use those same hands and shout hallelujah use those same hands and bless the name of the Lord